Give the Lord a hand. Let's all stand. Good to have you here. I believe we are celebrating 241 years of independence in a couple of days. I always thought it would be so cool to have these giant screens, like 50 feet by 50 feet. So I want you to use your imagination today when you look at that screen. And we'd have Lee Greenwood come in and he would perform for us and he would sing and we'd have other things up on that screen and the fireworks. Well, we've already had the fireworks, okay? But if you use your imagination, you can just picture them live and in living color. So I don't want us to sit back and watch television today. I want us to really see what this great nation is all about. Let's make our declaration, our pledge of what we share in this church. I am here on purpose because I have a purpose. My heart is open. My mind is ready to receive because God is not finished with me yet. My best days are right in front of me. I have victory in my life because Jesus lived in me. Can you say amen? Let's give the Lord one more hand. You can all be seated. I want to share some things with you today, and we've got a couple of videos that we're going to show. At the end of the service, uh, when you leave, we are going to be handing out to everyone a really great, well done uh, little document brochure with the Constitution and the Declaration of Independence. And in the beginning, there are many quotes before it gets into the Declaration of Independence on the tremendous importance of the Declaration of Independence and that it would be the foundation of, uh, of, 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 of this nation, uh, Andy Gahabe just building and finishing a new home. And uh, I'm sure he's here somewhere. I'm not sure where he is. But, but, but anyway, I am I, sure that, well, Lisa's here, his wife. I'm sure that Lisa is hoping and praying and believing and knowing Andy, he did, that he had a great foundation for that home. Because everything that you see on the surface for that home is going to be based on the foundation of that home. This nation and the foundation of our nation is the Declaration of Independence and almost as important, if not more important, the Constitution of the United States of America, a living, breathing document that is like nothing else that was ever established on this world, in this world. When I was a young guy, they taught the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution in the schools. Maybe they still do, but in questioning my grandchildren, if they are still teaching it, they're teaching uh, to my grandchildren who are sleeping because they don't seem to know that much about the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution. If you don't know your original beginning, how are you going to run the race that's set before you as people and as a nation? And I want to share with you some things from my heart, and then we're going to look at a couple of videos and look at a couple of things concerning this nation. But I want to give you a few scriptures real quickly here. I believe with all of my heart, this is a Christian nation. This is a nation birthed by Almighty God for His glory. And we're going to talk about what the original intent with this nation was by some of our founders. Psalms 24, 1 through 2 says that the earth and the fullness thereof belong to God. So the entire earth belongs to God, but God has sovereignly set 
nations in this earth. And there are two nations that God has sovereignly birthed in this earth. Israel is one of them, and the United States is the other. And we're going to talk about that in just a moment. Psalms 33, 12, blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. Why is America so blessed? What is there about us that has blessed us? We're not a perfect nation, but nobody's perfect. No person's perfect, and all nations represent people. God ordains the nations, but God has sovereignly blessed America. Why has He blessed America? Could it be that blessed is the nation whose God is Lord? And that of all of the nations of the earth, Two nations are birthed at the hand of God to give glory to God, Israel and the United States. But we know that there is something different from the United States and Israel. Israel doesn't give glory to the Son of God. Israel gives glory to God. The United States gives glory to God and to the Son of God. So there is a difference between the two nations, even though both nations were blessed by God. Psalms 122 says, pray for the peace of Jerusalem. And then it says, may those people be blessed who love you. What is the one nation that is blessed beyond measure and stands alongside Israel to bless the nation of Jerusalem. Folks, it is a no-brainer. Turn to your neighbor, tell him it's a no-brainer. It is the United States of America. Genesis 12, 1 through 3, God said, I will make you Abraham and all of your descendants and the people of God a great nation and I will bless those who bless you in the entire world who has been the biggest blessing militarily, financially, and I believe through prayer who has been the biggest blessing to the nation of Israel. Again, folks, it's a no-brainer. It is the United States of America. And that's why I believe we need to be proud to be Americans. I really do. A lot of people say, oh, don't be proud, be humble. I believe you can be both. I believe American spirit is very humble. I believe we are so humble that we just are moved by compassion whenever there's an earthquake, whenever there's a problem, whenever there's something going on. There are a lot of people out there, and I don't want to get into labels, okay? Like, you know, you can label people that, you know, they're progressives and they're historical revisionists and they're people that want to destroy this nation. How many of you realize, can I see a show of How many of you believe there are people in America being led by the devil who want to destroy this nation? They are everywhere and they're gaining power. They can't do it without our consent. They cannot do it without our consent, but they're gaining power. What we have to do is to get the pride back in America to get the pride back in our, our pride for our government and for our land and for our people. Not that we agree with everything that's being done, but say, you know, I am proud to be an American. How many of you are proud to be an American? Can I see your hand? Let's go ahead and roll this video. If you feel like standing and sing along with them, I love Lee Greenwood. I love this song. This song makes me cry. Glory to God. I just thank God I'm an American. Let's turn off all these lights up front here if we can. 
Okay, this is a 50-foot screen. We are live in the Technicolor. Thousands of people standing around, ready to worship our God. If tomorrow all things were gone, I'll work for all my life. And I had to start again with just my children and my wife. Thank my lucky stars to be living here today. Cause the flag still stands for freedom And they can't take that away And I'm proud to be an American Where at least I know I'm free And I won't forget the men who died Who gave that right to me And I gladly stand up next to you And defend her still today Cause there ain't no doubt I love this land God bless the USA From the lakes of Minnesota To the hills of Tennessee Across the plains of Texas From sea to shining sea From Detroit down to Houston And New York to L.A. There's pride in every American heart And it's time we stand and say That I'm proud to be an American Where at least I know I'm free Today, cause there ain't no doubt I love this land. God bless the USA. And I'm proud to be an American where at least I know I'm free. And I won't forget the men who died, who gave that right to me. Today, cause there ain't no doubt I love this land. God bless the USA. Hallelujah. Oh, glory to God. You can be seated. I love that. I love that. I love that. In just a moment, we're going to recognize the veterans here that have served, and we're going to play a video. That was done a few years ago by Corey, and it's just awesome, awesome video. But I want to give you this food for thought. A lot of people, um, historical revisionists and people that don't like our country and that would love to see our country done away with and turned into some third world regime or whatever, they say that in America, that, you know, a nation can't be a Christian nation. And we're going to talk about that because that's not true based on the original intent of our forefathers. But I want to read an interesting scripture to you. I think I've shared it before in this church. But where is America in the Bible? 
Um, it says that those will be blessed who blessed uh, Israel. Um, yeah, I guess you could say that is America. Uh, it doesn't say America. It doesn't specifically geographically pinpoint us. But I want to read this scripture to you and ask you, what nation on the face of the earth was ever fulfilling this scripture or is fulfilling this scripture or what nation could it be in the future? And it's in the book of Matthew, chapter 21, verse 42. Jesus, as always, has been teaching and preaching. And this is what he says. Jesus said to them after they'd asked some more questions, Have you never read in the scriptures that the stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone? This was the Lord's doing, and it is marvelous in his eyes. He's talking to the leadership of Israel. And he's talking about how they are rejecting the cornerstone that God sent them that was Jesus, the Son of God. They rejected him. That's past tense. Everybody said, that's past tense. They rejected Jesus, and Jesus spoke these words, and in 70 A.D. under Titus, Israel was destroyed and dispersed among the world. Let's read the next verse. Therefore, I say to you, now he's prophetically speaking, the kingdom of God will be taken from you and given to a nation that will bear the fruit of God. And I want to ask you this question. What nation on the face of the earth is the number one nation still giving glory to God, even though we got some challenges, and still the most blessed, prosperous nation with godly fruit than any nation that has ever existed other than back to King David and King Solomon's time. What nation would that be? That would be the United States of America. Now, would a theologian look at this and say, yes, that is America? No, many people say that's yet to come. Maybe so, maybe not. But I believe the hand of God is on this great nation. How many of you believe that? Turn to your nation. I believe the hand of God's on our nation. A lot of people talking about judgment coming. I don't believe they're far wrong. I believe if you continually go against the original intent of your life, Judgment will fall. But I believe that it's never too late to do the right thing. Tell your neighbor, it's never too late to do the right thing. We are free in this nation because of the men and women who have served. I believe that our military was given to us by Almighty God under the leadership of George Washington. He set the tone and the leadership, and he set the uniform code of military justice for our military. And our military is the greatest force on the face of this earth. Politicians get out of the way, the military will do what they're trained to do. They will take on the bad guys, and they will win every battle that we face if the government gets out of the way. And we're going to recognize our military in just a moment, but before we do, I want, we're going to show this video clip of people that, uh, uh, in our church that have served in our military. I remember that years ago when I had, I had just gotten discharged from the service, and uh, the Viet when I was discharged in 1963, that's when the Vietnam War really broke open. And one of the first casualties, I think it was the first casualty, the first death in Lafayette was a friend of mine by the name of Dennis Burton, a young guy a little bit older than me, but uh, that he was the first person to die in this community from Vietnam. 
His name is on the little memorial there at Memorial Park, the Columbian Park. We have a debt of gratitude that we can never repay for what the men and women have done. Go ahead and roll the video of some of our homegrown people here. Uh, my name is Bill O'Brien. I uh, served in the uh, United States Army from 1963 to 1966. My name is Bill Coble. I served in the United States Army from 1963 through 1966. I was military police. I'm Jerry Borders. Uh, served in the United States Army from uh, 1963 till 1988. Uh, I'm Karen Borders, and Jerry and I were married during his military service, and my job was as a support wife. Well, I was up there in Detroit on my own, and I had two other buddies and I went up there on a scholarship to play basketball. And uh, my one fellow was close to me, he went to the Marines, and another buddy went to the Air Force, and I chose the Navy. I spent uh, from October the 9th, uh, 42 to uh, 45. Oh, I'm Mike Buckmiller. I was in the United States Navy from 1965 to 1969. I'm Jerry Nichols, and I served in the Army uh, in the National Guard from 1966 until 76. Well, I'm Ron Brown. Well, I joined the Air Force. Um, during the Vietnam era, and it's because it was in my heart, I, I needed to serve. And it just so happened on the day that the Japanese struck Pearl Harbor, I was out at the Statue of Liberty. And when we came back on the, on the, into New York City, it was mayhem. Uh, servicemen were running all over, it was like a bunch of flies after a piece of meat. <laughs> they had to get to their station. We had a water fight, and everybody chimed in, the, the women and children and everybody. I was excited to enlist. When you walked downtown to the, to the office and you signed up for the draft, you knew you had done something. Actually, I got the friends and neighbors have requested your service letter, and... Uh, so that prompted me to go into military service to start with. It was really, really early in the morning, and all I had to do was stick a pair of socks in one pocket and a pair of underpants in the other pocket and got on the bus. Eighteen months in, uh, my wife and I were engaged, and uh, I wrote home and asked her if she'd like to get married. On about my 22nd birthday, I, I left uh, San Diego Harbor and went to the South Pacific. He was my boyfriend from the time I was 12 and he was 14. So when he enlisted, I mentioned marriage. And he wasn't particularly enthused about it. So I helped him make up his mind. I told him, it's either now or never. <laughs> well, when Jerry was drafted, we were engaged. We weren't married at that point, but we did get married in March, just before you got out yeah. of boot camp. And then he went directly from the altar to Massachusetts. And we felt what our husbands were doing were, was the right thing, even though it cost us time. The sacrifice that I saw, not just the soldiers, 
giving up their families and, and going to fight for their country, but the families that were affected by it. We were used to not having things from being in the Depression time, but this was a different thing. This is, you didn't have oil to cook with. You didn't have meat. Rationing was pretty strict. Rationing was very strict. Sugar, uh-uh. Everybody was involved. It was the family of America. If they were saving tin cans, if they were giving up their sewing machines so they could be recycled into anything, it's that family thing. Well, I think probably the biggest hardship we faced during my active duty was the fact that I started out at like $70 a month, and uh, you know, finances were a big deal. Anybody that was over there during that time and married know that you had absolutely nothing. It took your paycheck to buy groceries and pay the rent, and that was it. Women went to work in the factories. Everybody participated. It was a united thing. Mm -hmm. I think the sacrifices are those who didn't come home. I remember to read in the Journal and Courier, and I don't remember now if it was daily, but they printed a list of names, and it was a full page of those that were injured or those who were not coming home. Several people that I knew personally uh, didn't come back and won the Medal of Honor. Guy I went to school with, uh, who was actually the first person from Tippecanoe County that was killed over there. I always get choked up on this because it's just you always know it could be you. You know, I was honored to visit uh, a young man's uh, house that didn't get back, and I'd met his family, lived in Orange County, and, and a great, great family. And I was uh, went with the lieutenant and took some belongings and stuff, and Charlie, and that was the, the uh, ultimate, you know. Freedom, the state of being free. Exemption from slavery, servitude, confinement, or constraint. Well, first of all, freedom of religion. You can make a choice. You know, one nation under God, to vote, uh, to have a family, to find a job you want to go to instead of them telling you to. In other countries, women can't drive. They can't even be seen in public without covering everything but their eyes. It's just uh, there's not education for them. We have freedom of education. We're just, we are so blessed. Our freedoms are, are just tremendous in, in what we get to do. And we need to look at the history and God and country is, is the heart of this country. In a society like ours, you are free to fail if it's of your own choosing, but with God's help, you also have the environment in which you can greatly succeed. Why do we have 13 million illegal aliens in this country if we don't have something that nobody else has? No, there's a great cost to freedom. Because we served to be free. But it's your freedom, so you should do it properly. The price of freedom is the production of every life. It's being responsible to what is right and what is wrong. The price of freedom is your life, actually. And so many have given it. Let's give the Lord a hand for all these people. <clears throat> We're going to uh, view an Armed Forces medley right now. And all of you who 
uh, have served in the military, when your military song is uh, being sung, we want you to stand. And uh, all of you sing along with what we're singing because most of you know these. But before we do that, I want all of the people to stand that served in the military or had family members that have served somewhere in the military. Would you all stand? Either you served or you had family members who served. Glory to God. We will never know some of the hardships that these families went through. Yeah, let's give the Lord a hand for every single one of you. We thank God for you. You can be seated. When your branch of the military comes up, you men and women that served, you stand and we'll sing right along with the video.
Let's give them all a hand. Thank God for all of you men and women who serve in our armed forces. You know, some gave all, all gave some, and we thank God for our military. I want to share a couple of things with you very quickly here in the time that we have left concerning the original intent of this nation. Some of you that have been around uh, this church for uh, quite some time, you've heard these before. But historically, if you don't continually repeat your original intent and the history and the progress and the direction that you're moving, you may never know when you get lost. And we've got to come back to teaching our children what is the original intent of this nation reading books. Technology has come along. Technology in and of itself is not inherently bad, but the games and the things that children today are exposed to take them away from education and from learning what this great nation is all about. The Light and the Glory is a book about Christopher Columbus. Christopher Columbus in The Light and the Glory, this is from his diary, that thou holy name would be proclaimed in this part of the world. I'm reading a book that is talking about Christopher Columbus's life and that many people believe that he was led on a journey by God, as he did in his diaries, to come to this nation and that his ancestry was Jewish and that this was a, a trip that he was on, not only to find a route to India, but also by God to find a place for the children of God when they would be persecuted and they would have to flee their country. They had already lost their temple. What is the number one nation on the face of the earth that has more of God's Jewish Abrahamic covenant people in it than any nation? It is the United States of America. Don't ever forget that. Tell your neighbor, your kids need to know this. The Mayflower Compact. I don't know if they studied this in school or not. Sydney, how old are you? 20. 20. Okay, what's the Mayflower Compact? I know it's going to embarrass you, but that's okay. You get over it. What is the Mayflower Compact? Do you remember? That's okay if you don't. Okay. About the people that came from England, right? Okay, so she got that part fine. Okay, now listen to this. May 11th, 1620, having undertaken for the glory of God and the advancement of the Christian faith. That's why the pilgrims came over here. A lot of people say, well, they came to escape religious persecution. Yeah, they didn't like the religious persecution, but they came to escape, or, or to, uh, to plant on this earth, having undertaken for the glory of God and the advancement of the Christian faith. I don't know how many of you like President Trump or not. I don't really care. All I know is this. Last night, I heard him address our military, some of our military, and I heard him say, the persecution of the church in America by the government of the United States is over, and I am signing a declaration that the pastors are free to talk about whatever they want to talk about, that nobody can tell them what not to talk, and that this is a nation of Almighty God exalting the name of his son. I'll tell you what, I can vote for a guy like that. Now, do I like everything he does? Probably. <laughs> I've not always been saved. So when I see some of his, when I see some of his Twitter feeds, I say, give it to him again. You know, it's, it's like, he says what a lot of us sometimes would like to say. 
Pam told me something the other day about somebody that cussed somebody out. And I said, you need to give her some advice. And the advice would be this. Tell them, I'll tell you what, my old man would have said to you, you blankety blank, blank, blank. But the new man that now knows Jesus would say, I bless you. I just speak words over you. Turn to your neighbor and say, thank God for the new man. Patrick Henry, uh, Liberty Bell. Liberty Bell, Leviticus 25.10. How many of you know what the Liberty Bell says? Now, now it's not a bad thing if you don't know, okay? How many of you know what the Liberty Bell says? Our Liberty Bell. Oh, it says, it says Leviticus 25.10, came right out of the Old Covenant. Proclaim liberty throughout all the land. 2 Corinthians 3.17 says, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is. Liberty. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is. Liberty. Where is the Spirit of the Lord prominent, even in this nation, though we've got some problems, it is in the United States of America. The number one nation evangelizing the world is still the United States of America. Patrick Henry, what did he say? Okay, you all got it right, so let's all say it like you mean it. First CIA agent, Patrick Henry. His statue is in the CIA headquarters. But he said more than that. He also said, it cannot be emphasized too strongly or too often that this great nation of America was founded not by religionists, not on religion, but by Christians and on the gospel of Jesus Christ. What is the foundation of our nation? The gospel of Jesus Christ. Anybody wants to say, I don't believe that, is fine. But we need to tell them what the original intent was. And the original intent does not change. Does that make sense to all of you? The original intent did not change. Founding documents, over 90% of our founding documents in this nation make reference to Scripture. John Jay, the first Supreme Court Justice of the United States of America, said this in October 12, 1816. Providence has given the people of America their choice for rulers. And it is the duty of a Christian nation to select and prefer Christians for, he said, their rulers. But we're talking about people in government office. Turn to your neighbor and say, I have no ruler but one. No nations to rule anybody. And then the Supreme Court in 1826. Well, let me go back to what John Jay said. Proverbs 29.2 says, When the righteous are in authority, the people rejoice. The people rejoice. In uh, 1782, everybody say, thank God for Congress. How many of you realize that some years it seems like Congress got a lot of intelligent, patriotic Americans? Can I see your hands? Very few hands. How many of you realize some years it seems like Congress is brain dead? May I see your hands? 1782, this is the Congress of the United States. The Congress of the United States of America recommends for the use of the people of America the Holy Bible for use in our schools. Now, if this came from the highest judicial court in the land that our school should be teaching the Word of God to our children, and that was the original intent of our nation, then what happened down the road? The body of Christ let go. 
Turn to your neighbor and say, the devil's not the problem. When the righteous are in authority, you know, do we, serve, do we serve on the school boards? Do we serve on the book committees? Do we get involved in the political process? So we say, well, we don't do that. Years and years ago, people used to say, well, we don't talk about religion and politics. Folks, that's what we should be talking about. Religion and politics. That's the foundation of the house. <clears throat> Congress in 1782 said that. Proverbs 22, 6 says, uh, what if God wants, oh, that's what I said. <laughs> what, if God, what if God wanted our children and our schools educated through the Bible? I believe that is exactly what, they, what he wanted. Supreme Court, 1826. Tell your neighbor, I'm getting this so far. This is the Supreme Court. No free government now exists in the entire world unless Christianity is acknowledged and is the religion of that country. John 8, 36 says, if the Son makes you free, you should be free indeed. What is the one nation that Jesus Christ is the banner over that nation and Jesus Christ is the foundation for the nation? It's the United States of America. Turn to your neighbor and say, so good so far. Supreme Court, 1844. The purest principles of morality are to be taught in our schools. Where are they found? Now, this is the Supreme Court. Where are they found? Whoever searches for them must go to the source where a Christian man derives his favor, uh, his faith. It is the Bible. Then Proverbs 35, let's say, every word of God is pure. He's the shield of those who put their trust in him. Why would we not have a Bible in school? Because the devil doesn't want it in school. We need to become proactive. And just like, I'm, I'm not saying that you need to be a Trump fan or not a Trump fan. But in one moment's notice, in one moment, the Johnson Amendment, amendment how many of you know what the Johnson Amendment was? The Johnson Amendment was passed by President Johnson because the evangelical churches were turning on him. And he was going to run for re-election, but he decided not to, which is a good thing. But, but he decided not to run for re-election. The reason why the Johnson Amendment came about was he didn't want pastors telling people what, what to vote for or what they're going to vote for or talk about anything political. He didn't want pastors to do it. So it said that you will lose your tax-exempt status if you go over the line and start telling people things that are politically correct in your opinion as the pastor. Last night, all done away with. He actually, he did it before that. He did away with that. Pastors can talk about anything they want. Folks, you can talk about anything you want. It's a second amendment. No, second amendment. First amendment. Whatever amendment. Anyway, we got an amendment. You can look it up. I think <laughs> the first amendment. First amendment. It, 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 you know, turn to your neighbor so you can talk about anything you want. Okay, I'm getting carried away here and we're running out of time. So anyway, Congress of America, 1854. The vital and conservative element in our system, America, is the belief of our people in the doctrines and divine truths of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Oh, glory to God. John 8, 32, the truth shall set you free. Have you ever wondered what happened? I was raised in the 40s and 50s. And back then, the schools had Bibles. We talked about God. Jesus was exalted. I mean, people that didn't even go to church talked about Jesus. People said, this is a Christian nation. My mom and dad never went to church. I never went to church. But if you ever ask them who they were, we're God-fearing people and we believe in Jesus. They never celebrated it. They never did anything about it. But we, how did we ever get off of this? The devil came to Eve and whispered and said, did God really say? 
Is God, is America really a Christian nation? Uh, wouldn't that be kind of prideful to think that you're better than other nations? Wouldn't it be kind of prideful to be proud of your nation? Wouldn't it be prideful? To, folks, the devil is still lying. Tell your neighbor, the devil is still lying. And the only way you're going to defeat, keep, well, the devil is defeated. The only way you're going to keep the devil at bay is to know the truth because the truth sets you free. So let's all say, I know the truth. And the truth has set me free. Now, before we see this final video, I want to go to 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 14. Because I believe that the devil was defeated years ago. Powers and principalities have been disarmed. And a victory was given to the church. I do not believe the problem in America is the problem with the sinners. I do not believe the problem in America is a problem with, with people that, um, that don't know God, that don't know Jesus. I believe the problem with America is the church and the Christians. If you let go of your power and your authority and your dominion, it is no different than it was with Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. Adam listened to Eve. Eve had been deceived. Now Adam is deceived, and they're both listening to the devil. Did God really say, well, probably not. You know, we live in a different time frame. I mean, you know, what's a little this? What's a little that? What's a little sin here? What's a little sin there? If they want to take the Bibles out of the school, it's no big deal. I don't want to raise a stink. People, you know, my neighbor won't like me. He, he didn't want the Bible in the school. I think it belongs in the school, but I think I'd just be quiet. And pretty soon, people become people of complacency that only want to be approved by other people. And they begin to enable the enemy to take back what God gave us. I believe that's where America is today. I hear all sorts of different voices. I hear people saying judgment is coming on America and it's just a matter of time. I hear other voices say God will always bless America. I believe both are wrong. I believe both are wrong. I don't believe God's always going to bless America just because we're Americans. He didn't do that with Israel. God loved nobody better than the Israeli people. And that temple tore down and he dispersed them around the world because they turned their back on God. We are slowly. Now, how many of you believe this? I want to see your hands. How many of you believe we are slowly in this nation turning our back on God? And I don't even know if slowly is the right word. How many of you just believe we're turning our back on God? The Christians are the ones that are responsible. The sinners who believe in all sorts of bad stuff and all sorts of things contrary to the Word of God, that's what they do. We are supposed to be in charge. We're to be the school teachers. We're to be the lawyers. We're to be on the book signing committee or the book uh, approval committees. We're to be the person in the PTAs. We're, we're supposed to be the ones to stand up and say, that is wrong. Well, I'm your neighbor and I may be upset. Who, oh, I'm ready to do a tweet here. Oh, glory to God. I don't want to do that. I'm ready to do a, a Donald Trump tweet. <laughs> don't be a man pleaser. Don't be a man pleaser. Be a God pleaser. Stand up for what's right. Stand up for what's right. 2 Corinthians 7.14 says this, that if we'll humble ourselves before the hind of Almighty God, turn from our wicked ways, that God will hear our prayers and that God will heal our land. Our, our land is hemorrhaging. Our land is hemorrhaging.
and we need a healing in our land. We need men and women of God to, number one, begin to pray. Number two, to do something. Not just pray. Do something. Ask God when you pray, God, what do you want me to pray and what do you want me to do? What kind of difference did I make? What could I make? What could I do? I believe God will show you. It's not too late to change this nation. How many, can I see your hand? How many of you believe it's not too late for this nation? I believe it. It's not too late for this nation. When you leave, you're going to get the Constitution. You're going to get the Declaration of Independence. Find out what the house is built on. Find out what the, what the Constitution is about. What is this nation all about? It is absolutely awesome. And if we humble ourselves and pray, I believe God will bless this nation. I believe God is still blessing this nation, but I believe we're moving toward a precipice. And God tried to get the attention of the children of God with His Son, and they didn't listen. He tried to get their attention, but they didn't listen, and they ended up being dispersed. But because of America and other nations, Israel now exists. It exists because this nation, along with others, but mainly this nation as the driving force helped them get back to their country in 1948 to establish that country. And in 1967, through the military effort of the United States of America supplying Israel to help them retake Jerusalem, we are living in the very end times, the very end times, because just before the end, Israel had to be a nation and they had to be occupying Jerusalem and there was a point in time in the 40s and the 50s and even early 40s and 50s especially where it didn't look like that would ever happen, that they would have their own homeland and that they would have Jerusalem. And now they have it. Let's all stand to our feet. The original intent of America is for God to be a blessing to us and that we would be a blessing to them. But if you stray long enough from the original intent, you're going to create a serious problem for the nation and for your life. And I want to ask all of you this question. Maybe you're here and you strayed from God's original intent for your life. Or maybe you've never even known God's original intent. But the question I'm going to ask you is the most important question you will ever answer. Would you bow your heads with me? Today, this is the question I'm asking you. Do you know if you died today, you would go to be with Jesus in heaven. And if you don't know, then today is the day you need to make your declaration of opening your life and your heart to let God come in and take away all the stuff that you know doesn't need to be there. Maybe you're here today and you're like a prodigal son, a prodigal daughter. You've drifted away from God. God still loves you, but He's calling you home. Don't spend another moment without knowing Jesus as your Lord and Savior and knowing that you have eternal life. If I've described you, you say, Pastor, you've described me. I know my life is not right with God. I'm going to ask you to slip your hand in the air and we're going to pray for you. We're going to take just a moment let the Holy Spirit move. Yes, sir, I see your hand over here. Yes, sir, I see your hand all the way over here on this side. Are there others? 
you say, pray for me. Hallelujah. Ushers, as soon as this service is over, I want you to go with these two gentlemen. Actually, gentlemen, come on down here real quickly. Give them a hand as they come. Glory to God. Anybody else with them? Come on down here. We're glad you're here today. We're glad you're here today. Hallelujah. This is a day of new beginnings. Stretch your hands out here toward these two guys. God's got a great plan for you. You are here by divine appointment from the spirit of the living God. And this is a day of new beginnings. We're going to all pray this prayer together. You pray this prayer and we're going to join you in this prayer. So let's pray. Jesus, I believe that you are the son of God. I believe that you died for my sins. I've sinned and I've made mistakes. But today I acknowledge you as my Lord and Savior. I ask you to come into my heart. Take control of my life. The true desire of my heart is to serve you and to be all that you've called me to be. My Father, I thank you for these two men. I thank you for the plan and the purpose for their life that no matter what they've been through, they are now through it. And no matter what they've been through, there is still a plan and a purpose for their life. And we thank you for that in the precious, precious name of Jesus. And everybody said... Amen. Jerry, stay right here with these guys. Yeah, let's give the Lord a hand. Got a word, honey? Now, we're going to go out of here today asking God for his blessings upon this great nation, hoping and believing that he's not through with us, but doing our part in the meantime that no matter what we see, we are on assignment from God in this nation to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ and that this is a Christian nation dedicated and planted for the glory of Almighty God. Could you say amen? Go ahead and roll it. Turn the lights off.
Let's give God the greatest applause we've ever given Him. Pick up your Constitution, your Declaration. Yeah, let's give Him a louder one than that for what He has given us. Go and be blessed.